Hey friends, welcome to the Collide Midweek Podcast. These episodes are recorded every Wednesday night at our midweek gathering for those of you who may have missed it or just want to hear it again. We hope that the following episode encourages you to know, grow, and go in your faith. All right, everybody settled in. We're going to raise the lights just a little bit. We've heard that it's hard to take notes in here, so if one of my leaders could help me do that, make sure that you guys can see. Go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Jonah. It's in the Old Testament in kind of the section of the minor prophets, and we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Let there be light. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Go ahead and get your sermon outlines out, and if you guys um, love using your phones, we have the outline uh, through our Version Bible app as well, and you can go to events, and it should say Collide High School Ministry, and you can have your notes on there. But, uh, man, we're so thankful for you guys. You know, as I was thinking about welcoming the class of 2027, I was thinking about my guys and uh, my senior guys and our senior girls, man. Class of 2024. Y'all ready for all that? Yes? Yeah, golf clap from you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, awesome. We love our seniors. We're just going to, like, try all the different modes of lights until we find one that you guys like the best. Right? I love it. Just like a little kind of strobe lights. You guys like that one? How you like that one for taking notes? Pretty good? Garrett gives it a thumbs up. Thomas is good with it. Thank you, Jaden. Yes, Alexis is good with it. Jason likes it. Chris says, eh, it's like a six. Yeah, it's not real good. Hey, we're so thankful that you guys are here, and um, um, you should thank me that uh, um, <laughs> I took the other microphone off, all right? So you're welcome. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, man, it's good to see you guys. Y'all had a good summer? You look tan. You look rested. You look amazing. Yes, Thomas is tired. Three days into school. Do you guys have homework? No? I hope not. No? Okay. If you do, I'm sorry. Do not come see me. Okay? Do not come see me. I can pray for you. All right? But uh, Mallory and I were doing some math homework the other night, and she was watching a guy on YouTube figure out how to do it. And I said, I can roll with this. When this guy teaches KB how to do it, this is how we do math homework. So I love you. I'll pray for you. But uh, you're on your own with trigonometry and statistics, okay? All right, so here is something I want you guys to know about me. Freshmen, you guys will kind of you'll pick up on my humor as we roll but uh, as we kind of roll through each week is, um, so a couple weeks ago, I turned, do y'all remember the number? I'm getting old, man. Thank you, Hagen, my new best friend. I turned 48. She was wrong, but she subtracted one because she loves me. I turned 48, but you know what that means if I turned 48? Is that I grew up in arguably the greatest time of music in history, the 80s. Can I get an amen? Yes? Okay, so KB, picture this. KB is in his house in suburbs of Boston, upstairs bedroom. I'm the middle child, so I never got anything. I never got to choose the first room. I got all my older brother's hand-me-down clothes. Track with me. Listen. KB's in his room with his jam box and a Bobby Brown cassette tape in my jam box. Do any of you guys know who Bobby Brown is? Okay, all right, all right. My wife knows, yep, she knows. Chris Kafalis knows, all right. 
So, um, man, it was either Bobby Brown. It was, I'm trying to think who else KB used to jam to. Man, there were some groups back in the 80s. But I was big on, see, you guys like this kind of hip-hop rap kind of stuff. That's not real hip-hop, right? The hip-hop kind of, the rap culture during that time, during the 80s, was really good. And if you guys didn't know this, KB did a little dancing back in the day, okay? KB did a little dancing, okay? I used to bring my own cardboard to the party to break dance with, okay? Now, here's the story that my wife tells of how we met. She says that we have a mutual friend that brought her over to meet this girl, Deanna, knew me through uh, mutual friends, and she brought this girl named Tracy from Stoneville, Tracy. And she brought her over to my apartment one day and said, hey, you need to meet my friend. That's how she tells the story, okay? Here's the KB version of the story. There was a Friday night in Greensboro, and Tracy saw this guy from across the dance floor, all right? And he, w- he had moves, okay? He had moves, y'all. And she looked at her friend, Deanna, and said, that's the man I'm going to spend the rest of my life with right there, if he can dance like that. Okay, and do you know what my signature move was? I'm not going to do it up here because I'm 48 and I'll probably tear my hamstring. Is my classic move in the 80s and 90s was the running man. Do any of you guys do that anymore? Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it right now. I'll do it for my senior guys maybe when we devour some Kona ice in about 20, 30 minutes, right? Anybody else like the running man? Do you guys still do it? Yeah, does anybody else still do that dance? No, you guys don't do that? All right. Sage is laughing at me, so that's when you move on to the next point in your sermon, okay? Now look at me. KB was doing the running man in his room, and I can, like, hear my mom yelling at me to stop dancing because it sounded like I was coming through the floor. But the thing about the running man dance is what? When you do that, you don't actually go anywhere, do you? You're just kind of dancing in place. In the book of Jonah, we're going to see a guy who didn't do the running man. He was the running man. He ran from God in this incredible story that we're going to unpack in just a minute. But in this story, we could really call this series the gospel according to Jonah because we're going to see Jesus all over it. And we're going to see in chapter 1 what God wants us to know about this running, rebellious prophet. Let's pray as we open up God's word. Father, thank you. For your word. God, thank you. It's all fun and games when KB talks about doing the running man and running in place, but there came a point in my life where I ran from you for years. And just like we're going to see in this story, you passionately pursued Jonah and you passionately pursued me and you never gave up until you had my heart. And Father, I pray you have every heart in here that they know that they were designed by you to walk in union with you all their days. And I pray they can learn something tonight from a rebellious prophet and a rebellious man on this stage that ran from you. I'm not proud of it, but it's part of my story. And God, I pray that through the pages of your scripture, you bring it to life and you go, you know what? I see some of myself in Jonah. And I'm tired of running. Father, would you speak to us? In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Starting point question, write this down. What comes to mind when you think of Jonah? Write it down, call it out. Yes, somebody already said it, right? The whale, big fish. When you learned the story as a kid, what did you learn? 
Did you learn it as a whale or like a big fish? What would you guys think? just sounds cooler to say whale, right? I mean, that's what Jesus said, right? We're going to get to that in just a minute. But when you think about Jonah, what do you think of? A man, the sea, the fish. The fish kind of vomits him up on dry land. These people that he doesn't want to go to. Some incredible things. Write this down. This book is not about a big fish. It's about our God's big heart of compassion. This book is not about a big fish. And you've got to get this, guys, from the get-go. It is a book all about our God's big heart of compassion for all people. And that includes you. Some people, when they read Jonah, they think it's kind of allegory. It's like a fairy tale, right? Allegory in terms of like it could depict something like Jonah was like the people of Israel and then like the fish was um, King Nebuchadnezzar or like the the great city of Babylon, like in this kind of portrayal of all those different things. But you know what I think? And you know what I think we should do as God's people? I think we take what the book of Jonah is from the Bible itself. And you know where I run to? Is I run to my Savior. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. This is the Savior of the world. God in the flesh comes down from heaven, walks the earth for 33 years, and when they wanted a sign, who did Jesus point them to? Jonah, the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was, it was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Do you see this foreshadowing of the resurrection? Do you see where Jesus is pointing them? Jesus would be put into the earth in a tomb for you. He would be crucified for you. He would be what? Hung on a cross and died for your sins, for my sins. He'd be put in a grave and three days later he would rise again. We're going to see in the story of Jonah what happens with Jonah. Look at the next verse. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Who is that? His name is Jesus. You see, they missed it. He was right in front of them. I don't know what you think about the book of Jonah, but I'm going with Jesus. Write this down. Here's your next one. Jonah means dove. The word Jonah means dove. How fitting is that? That the word Jonah means dove, and we're going to see in this story, like birds fly, right? You're going to see a man who tries to fly and escape from God. You see, we're going to see in this story that God wanted Jonah's heart and his actions. He gets his actions. Write this down. God wants Jonah's heart and his actions. He's a prophet. He's supposed to go and do what God says, and right from the get-go, we're going to see he says something that's amazing. But I think if we look inside of ourselves, there's a little bit of Jonah in each of us. You know, sometimes God has our actions, but he really doesn't have our whole heart. And God wants the two of them to work in unison, and amazing things happen. Here's our theme verse for this series for the next four weeks. Jonah chapter 4, verse 2 says this, And he prayed to the Lord, this is Jonah, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? 
That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew, here it is, God, here's the character of your God who loves you, pursues you. This is what Jonah knew what would happen if he went to Nineveh, that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. That's my God. That's your God. That's the God that you want. And that's the God that made you. And we're going to see a rebellious prophet in week number one called running from God. In this four-week series, we're going to look at running from God, running with God, right? Running against God, and then um, running into God, right? So week one, running from God. I'm going to read all. Guys, this is what's amazing about the book of Jonah. Like, while I'm teaching it, we're going to read all 17 verses of chapter 1. You could read all of Jonah in about seven minutes. 48 verses, two pages in your Bible, packed, slam full of gospel truth. God wants to teach us tonight. Jonah chapter 1, I'm reading from the ESV. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, You get his name, you get who he's the son of, and you get what God's going to say to him. Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Just on the screen, guys, or in your Bibles, just pay attention and listen. I'm going to break it down verse by verse, but right now, for the next minute or so, while I read all 17 verses, I want you to read this, and I want let's pray this right now. God, Holy Spirit, would you illuminate something in these 17 verses? Would you teach us right now because your word is living and active? Father, teach us right now. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Underline it, star it. You're going to see it three times. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, lowercase g. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give, us a thought, will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on, guess who, class? Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is, th what is this you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. There it is again, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more temptuous. He said to them, Pick me up, hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more temptuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord. I love this, man. 
O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and they hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Write this down. Number one, disobedience is simply saying no to God. Plain and simple disobedience is simply saying no to God. Jonah is a prophet. He is to speak for God on behalf of God to these people. And in God, guys, you know what? Like each day, wouldn't it be nice, like if you woke up every single day and you had a text message from God of what to do for that day? Wouldn't that be amazing? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. He wakes up and he gets a word from God. Guys, here's the thing. Is you do get a text message every single day. You get a message from God when you start your day right here. When you start your day in the word of God, you get a word from God every single day. I know I do. He speaks to me. He talks to me. He might not tell me what to have for breakfast, but he tells me what type of disciple I'm supposed to be for him and how I'm supposed to love in this world. Let's read what it says. Just go over those first couple verses one more time. Disobedience is simply saying no to God. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Guys, here's what you've got to know about Nineveh. Jonah is a Hebrew. Nineveh, like if you went on the other side of the world today, it's modern-day Iraq. So this is like, these are people, and the Assyrian people were like, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and guys, these people were the cruelest people on the face of the earth. Here's what they would do. Kind of graphic, stay with me, but you can look it up for yourself. They would take men and skin them alive... And then they would bury them in the ground except for their head. They would leave their head up above the sand and then animals and just different things. You can imagine what would happen. And then what? A few days later, they would chop their head off and then they would put them on stakes at the beginning of their city to tell other people, don't even come in here. Don't mess with us. And God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go to the most. It's like God sending, I was meeting with a student yesterday, and I said this. I said, it's like God sending me and you, right, to Osama bin Laden's house. Can you imagine, in the, in the midst of everything that we went through, with all that stuff in, in, in the wars and all that different stuff, God saying, Kevin, this man that I made in my image, I want you to go, and I want you to go preach the gospel to him. Guys, can you imagine what's going on inside of Jonah? These are the cruelest people. They're, they're against Hebrews, and he knows, right, he's got fear. He's got what? Man, just because of where he's from, he's kind of his nation where he's from. He's like, man, I don't want to go to these people. Guys, you've got to get this in your mind before anything. It's like you've got to understand what's before Jonah, these people. But Jonah, here it is. Like in the next sentence. No conversation with God. He just says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Just completely said no to God. He went down to Joppa, 
and found a ship that was going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Guys, Tarshish is modern-day Spain, almost 2,000 miles on the other side of the world. God says, I want you to go east to the Ninevites. He goes as far west as you can go. On the other side of the globe, this is how much he does not want to do this. Guys, there were a couple phrases there in the first couple verses, and I hinted at a couple of them that I just want to highlight real quick. Word of the Lord came to Jonah in presence of the Lord. I gave you the first one, guys. You want to hear from God every single day? You get in his word. But guys, what does it look like to be in the presence of the Lord every single day? Jonah, it says three times in that chapter, he fled from the presence of the Lord. What does that look like? As a teenager in 2023, what does it look like for you to be in the presence of God every single day? Are you running from God? He's given you his word. He's given you his people. Man, praise be to God. But there's some empty seats in here tonight. I want this full where we have to go to another room so that every teenager wants to be in the presence of God every single day. What are those other things for you, the presence of God? His people in prayer, his word, serving him, singing praises to him. What's the presence of the God for you, presence of God for you that draws you in? Guys, here's the thing. Is when Jonah wanted to get away from God, what was waiting for him down at the docks? It says that Jonah went to flee from God, so he went down to Joppa. Joppa's the port city down underneath Jerusalem. He went down there, and there was a ship, and it says that he paid the fare to go on. Guys, not on your outline, but I think this is important for you to see, and especially important for you teenagers, is that Satan is always going to make sure that there is a ship waiting to take you to Tarshish. Do you understand what that means in your life? Satan is always going to make sure that there's something to go to on Friday night that tempts you. Some type of inappropriate relationship with a male or a female that you know is not what God wants for you. Some type of thing where you just disobey your parents or whatever it is. Guys, whatever it is for you, what's that ship for you? That you're willing to pay the fare to go on that ship and run from the presence of God. Do you see that Satan's going to always make sure that ship is waiting for you to get on it? So how do you defend against that? Well, you've got to have a greater love. You've got to love the presence of the Lord more. What happened to Jonah? He didn't want to be in the presence of God. He didn't want these people to be saved. He didn't want, but he didn't want these people. Guys, we're going to see later in this book probably the greatest revival in human history. It says that this great city took three days to walk through. When's the last time? I like to walk. It takes me about 30 minutes to get from one side of Stoneville to the other. Imagine going to a city that takes you three days to walk through. Imagine how big that is. And on the gates of this city, or the walls, you could put three chariots across, and they could have races on it. That's how big this city is. Some people say upwards of 500,000 people. And we're going to see later that Jonah actually comes to his senses and goes... And these people repent and turn back to God. But when we start, where do we start in the book? Jonah just says, nope, ain't going. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Number two, write this down. You can run from God, but you can't hide. 
You can run from God, but you cannot hide. Verse 4. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, lowercase g, circle it, underline it. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God, the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish." Jonah actually thought that he could go down into the ship and just get away from God. Guys, one of the characteristics of God, right, we've called them the omnis before. One of them is omnipresent. That means that God is present everywhere. He is here with us right now, and Jonah tries to get on a ship to flee his presence, and he, knew, he should have known, right? Guys, who's responding better in this story than the prophet? The, the sea obeys him. Now the sailors are starting to obey him. These are pagan sailors. It doesn't say that they're Christians. Could it be? We were talking about this earlier with one of my students. It was really cool. I had never, actually one of the leaders, I had never seen this before. At lunch today, I was talking to one of our leaders, and he said, how cool is it that God put Jonah on that ship and those sailors didn't know Jesus? He was supposed to go to Tarshish, and he gets on this, this ship, right? He's supposed to go to Nineveh. He's going to Tarshish. And who else doesn't know Jesus? The sailors on the boat. Praise be to God. Guys, you can run from God, but you can't hide. Here's what I want you guys to see about sin. You see three times in this story that it goes down, down, down. Down to Joppa, down into the ship, down to sleep. Do you see this downward progression? This is what sin does. You go down, and you get further away from God, and you just go down, down, down. Jonah goes to the, the lowest part of the ship and tries to just what? Go to sleep. He does go to sleep. In the middle of this storm, he knows that he's running from God. Guys, do you see this downward progression of sin? Have you seen it in, in your life? I've seen it in my life. Is that what? There's always going to be a ship waiting, but the further down, down, down you go... Guys, you get so far away from God that you don't think that you can come back to him. But here's the beautiful thing is the story is going to turn in just a minute. Is that God is fierce in his pursuit and his pursuit is relentless because he's so loving. Do you see that? God's coming after Jonah. He's coming after those sailors. He's coming after those people in Nineveh. He's so fierce in his love that he just doesn't stop. He continues to pursue you. Number three, write this down. Our sin always affects others. Our sin always affects others. Verse 7. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and guess who? The lot fell on Jonah. Guys, God is so sovereign that when they cast lots, it automatically, you know where it's going to fall. Guys, you can't run from God. He sees everything, and he runs after you with his love. Why would you run from the most amazing love that you could ever experience? We learned so much from Jonah. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account the evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is that that you have done? They know, guys, even these pagan sailors know that you're running from God. 
for the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Guys, do you see? Guys, we never sin in a vacuum. Your sin always affects other people, and it affects people around you. Do you see what happened when they got on the ship and the sea starts to break up? They start tossing things into the water. That was somebody else's cargo. Guys, I think about the times in my life where I was so far from God, where the people around me were affected by my sin. But I was so blind to it and so selfish that I couldn't see it. Guys, this is a piercing and a penetrating question for you to think about. When you don't think that your sin is affecting other people, you're blind to it. It is. Jonah brings this storm, and now these guys are fearing for their life. These guys are going to die because of another man's sin. Guys, our sin always affects other people. Here's your last one. Write this down. There is grace in the storm. God draws us back to him. There's grace in the storm. Man, I love it. God draws us back to him. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more temptuous. And he said to them, Pick me up. Jonah realizes it's him. Pick me up, hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it's because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Guys, look at this. Look at this next line. Look what's going on with these guys that are about to die because of Jonah. And what do they do? Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land. At first, they said no. They didn't want Jonah to die. They knew what would happen to him if they throw him in. So they just keep rowing harder. Therefore, they called out to the Lord. Oh, Lord. Guys, I love this. Guys, do you see this? What just happened? Before, remember, it was lower G, God. Now it's what? Capital L, Lord. What happens to these sailors? What happens right here in the midst of this, this, this terrible storm in this, on this ship with this rebellious prophet? These guys come to know Jesus as Lord. Oh, Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you. Oh, Lord, have done you. Oh, Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah. Now they realize it. They throw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raising. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. Students, do you fear the Lord? Man, this came a point in my life. I'm going to show you a picture in a few minutes. Okay. Where you're going to go, looks like a normal dude. This normal guy that, I'm going to show you a picture in a minute, was running from God and he was angry and he was what? I didn't even know what grace was. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Guys, do you see the grace for Jonah too? Do you see the grace for the sailors? We're going to see the grace for the people of Nineveh in a little while, in a few weeks. But guys, he appoints this fish. Now, some people go, how can this even happen? Guys, God can do whatever he wants to do. And if God creates a fish just for this occasion for Jonah, guys, when has he done something for you just for you in your life? Grace. Think about a friendship. Think about a person in your life. Think about a time where you were in a storm and he saved you. Think about a time in your family where things were really, really hard. And then he came through and he came through and he came through. That's called grace. And what does grace do? It brings us back to him. Two beautiful phrases in this last section. And the Lord appointed and feared the Lord. Think about this, guys. Do you see all throughout chapter 1? 
God appoints a storm, right? God appoints a fish now, and we're going to see it all through this book. Do you see who's in control of this whole entire scene? God is. And what happens on this boat when these sailors think they're going to die? It says that they feared the Lord exceedingly. Guys, there came a point in the time in my life where I realized that I didn't fear God. I did whatever I wanted to do in my life, and I didn't care about any consequences. Guys, here's the thing, is that, guys, you have to realize that God is pursuing you right now in your life. Do you see that? God is pursuing you. The fact that you're in here tonight is God pursuing you with his love to show you how much he loves you. And here's the thing, guys, is that sometimes in a storm, you can think this, that God, some, God is paying you back for your sin. Not on, the, not on your outline, but write this down. God might be trying to bring you back, but he is not paying you back. Guys, this is where the gospel gets beautiful right here in the story is that the storms in your life, yes, there have been storms in KB's life, but what? If God appointed them and they filtered through his hands, you know what it was for? To bring me back, not to pay me back. Why? Because Jesus was paid back for my sin on the cross. Once and for all. Jesus willingly took all my sin and took your sin. Jesus was paid back for all of our sins. That's the gospel. So in the storm, see the grace. See him calling out to you, come back to me, don't run from me. Guys, if you're there tonight, stop running from God and come back to him. Guys, here's the thing, is you've got to understand in this story, is that KB is Jonah. And you're Jonah. I'm Jonah. Do you realize that in your rebellion, you ran from God? And in his grace, if you're saved in here tonight, praise be to God. His grace came after you, saved you, changed you, put a new song in your heart. But here's what I had to learn in my life is that, man, I had to come to grips with, I'm Jonah. You know what it looks like to run from God? So one of the things about getting old is your parents bring you boxes of all your stuff that you used to have at their house. So my dad brings me a box like once a week of like all my old stuff. And last week, he brings me a box, and guess what's in there? My senior year picture from Elon. Guys, you want to know what it looks like to run from God? This is what it looks like. Can you see it in his face? Tough guy trying to, like, not smile for the picture on senior day is what? Lost, broken, angry, running from God? Because he knows what's going to happen. Nobody's going to call. I'm not going to get drafted. What do I do with the rest of my life? This guy was angry and broken. I should have put like a mission trip picture or something up there next, okay? Because I'm Jonah, I had to get there. I ran so far from God, and he passionately pursued me. And what? Even though I'm Jonah now, I'm redeemed. I'm changed. I'm a new man. And guys, if you're redeemed in here tonight, this was you too. And what do you do? You tell everybody else in your path about it. Jonah's going to get there, but he's going to get there reluctantly. Maybe next week when we get there, chapter 2, he's going to turn from his sin. He's going to pray. But, guys, I pray you get this visual of what? Angry KB, searching for significance in life, and I found it in the cross. And now every single day I get to read it, tell others about it. I am Jonah. Guys, are you Jonah? Do you see it in the story tonight?
What was it for you in the story? I asked you when you read it. Holy Spirit, speak to you. Are you fleeing from the presence of the Lord? Do you fear him? Do you see your sin affecting other people? Do you see the grace in the storm that's come after you? There's a room full of adults that are just walking examples of grace upon grace. And that's why they love you. Because they want you to go, you know what? During those high school years when it's really hard, don't run from God. Please don't run from God. Let me pray for you as we go to a small group in Kona Ice. Father, we love you. Thank you for your great love for me. Thank you for this incredible book. 48 verses, two pages in our Bibles, but what a beautiful representation of somebody who ran from you, but man, you pursued him, you came after him, because you have a big heart of compassion for everybody. This rebellious prophet named Jonah, a whole mighty city called Nineveh, these sailors on this ship that didn't understand when they loaded that day that their life was going to be changed forever, and now they call you Lord. Father, I pray whatever's going on in this room tonight, that every student here knows that you love them, that you are pursuing them with your love, and that there's grace in the storm. We go through hard things, and that storms are, you're not paying us back for our sin. Jesus was already paid back for our sin. The storms are there to draw us back to your love. Father, would you just open up now in our small group time? Would you just, Holy Spirit, take over? And Father, we thank you for just an incredible night where we're meeting new students and we're just back to our groups and Wednesday nights. I love my students. I love my leaders. We've got the most important thing that I pray that they get from Collide is a pursuing Savior that comes after them with an amazing love and amazing grace that will change their heart. And then you send us out on mission to go tell others about it. Thank you for tonight. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.